Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Laura Bordoni. Laura is the newest member of our Executive MBA program team, and she works closely supporting our students in our class of 2021. She and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about her background, what attracted her to higher education, uh, what she enjoys about the work that she does, and her advice for prospective students. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Laura Bordoni. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brett. All right. So uh, we start all these conversations the same way. Tell us about you. Who are you and what's your background? What did you do before coming to Darby? Yeah, thank you. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to be here and to share a little bit about myself and um, more about Darden. So um, I started my career, if I go all the way back, um, in sales and marketing. So I cut my teeth on cold calling and um, and kind of boots on the ground sales. And I, I commend people who have built a career there. It wasn't for me, but it was a great experience. Um, I really kind of worked on some of my soft skills out of undergrad. Um, but I wanted to kind of have a more solid business background. So I went back and got my MBA at Chicago Booth really aiming to kind of focus on finance, accounting, um, build up a more traditional business background, having, again, focused more on some of my softer skills. Um, but I took a lot of um, courses while I was there that were also, um, you know, around managing an organizations, things like that, because people are really kind of my, my passion. Um, and so while I was at Booth, you know, I worked in admissions and, and career services, and that was the first time I really felt like, gosh, I love, I love this environment. Um, so I put a little bit of a, a bug in the back of my mind about, do I want to come back here someday? But at the time, I, again, I was focused on kind of getting business experience. So I went into management consulting for a few years. I worked for um, LEK Consulting out in Chicago, um, mostly focused on growth strategy. So helping companies think about how to grow. Should we acquire this business? Should we launch into um, a new product line? How do we grow in this stagnant industry that we're in? Um, things like that. And so, um, you know, consulting lived up to everything that I had heard about it. I, I learned a ton in a really short amount of time. I worked across many different industries, functions. Um, I, I focused more of my time in the food and beverage and consumer space, which was was really fun. One of my, my last projects was... Um, healthy meat sticks. So you get to like, you know, try fun products and, and think about interesting, um, real, real markets, which now as a vegetarian, I, uh, <laughs> I don't think would have been as fun of a project now, but it was pretty cool at the time. Um, and so it was a great experience. I, you know, again, you learn so much in consulting, but after a few years, you know, the work-life balance was starting to get to me. And I also was looking for an opportunity to develop relationships a little bit longer term. Um, you know, it can start to feel, um, you know, you're, you're on to the next client, right? And so I wanted to switch gears and shift over into corporate to see what it was like to be on the other side of the table. So most recently, prior to joining the Darden team, I was with Marriott International at their corporate headquarters. Um, it was, you know, I found a fantastic opportunity to work on an internal consulting team. So there was a few of us that had our MBA and some strategy consulting experience, and we did strategy projects for different teams within corporate at Marriott, um, you know, working on things like, what do we do about Airbnb? Um, and what should our new distribution strategy be? And so it was, it was fascinating, and I was really fortunate to be there through the Marriott Starwood merger, um, which was, you know, really interesting 
and um, and great from a, a point standpoint as, as I used to be a Starwood person. So I was excited about the merger when I was working at Marriott. Um, and um, and I, I, I love Marriott. It's a fantastic company. Um, so, you know, but I, I kind of felt this draw back to higher ed. But that, so that's where I was most recently, a little bit about me. So uh, you mentioned you had some exposure to higher ed when you were in business mm-hmm. school. And uh, so it sort of put this bug in the, in the back of your mind. And, and you're obviously here working at Darden. Yeah. Um, what appealed to you about higher education? Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple things I would say. First, you know, overall, I just I really love the environment of sort of enthusiasm and passion that people have when they're at this inflection point in their lives, particularly, I think, in an MBA program. You know, people are just really open. Um, they're, they're open to career changes, to personal development. Um, they're, they're thinking about so much, and that just translates into a buzz There's um, that I, I haven't found or recreated in other industries. Um, and I really wanted to be a part of that, that time in people's lives where, um, you know, they're just excited. And I, I think, um, you know, there's just so much opportunity there. And so that's what drew me to higher ed. And, you know, when I started to think about where would I want to play, you know, living in DC, I've, I've always admired, uh, the university of Virginia from afar. I've always admired Darden as just a fantastic program that, creates real leaders in, um, out in the business world. And so that was sort of the first door that I, I started knocking on, um, when I started to think about, uh, the transition, getting, getting back into higher ed in a, in a real role. So let's talk a little bit about the work that you're doing currently here. Um, you're getting to work with students a lot, um, which is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, and as, as you mentioned, um, this is a time in in our students' lives where they're dreaming, aspiring, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think sometimes people think about executive MBA programs as very transactional. Right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's gotten to a point in their career, they realize they need the MBA, they need to check the box, and so they decide to go back to school. I think our experience is maybe a little bit different than that, at least with the people who choose uh, Darden in terms of what they're looking for, mm-hmm. in terms of their experience. So uh, uh, how do you support students? What, what's your current role here? Yeah, yeah, sure. So right now I am... Um, leading student affairs and engagement for our class of 2021. And so if I think about what that means in my role, I I think about it in sort of two categories. The first is there's helping the individual student. Um, In a lot of cases, that's on the academic side through academic advising. So students you know, may may come my way if they're struggling with a particular course. Um, they need some some tips and tricks for making sure that they're contributing. You know, the case method is new for a lot of folks, and um, that that is a skill to develop. And so, um, you know, I can help people brainstorm in that sense. Um, you know, thinking about what elective should I take to support the career that career path I'm interested in. So a lot of those more academic questions, um, but then there's also the the life stuff that happens. You know, our students come to us, particularly in the executive program. Um, you know, they they have full lives already, and then they're adding this full time program on top of it. And so some of my role is helping people when they may be struggling with work life school balance, um, or you know they have a personal crisis come up and. Um, sometimes they just need someone to listen, to talk to, or to triage if they need resources from the university that, you know, we want to help them, um, you know, get through this experience and, and thrive, not just survive. Um, and so I like to think about my role in that sense. And, 
you know, as I said, my MBA was so transformational for me. Um, you know, not just because I met my husband, but because like I said, there's so many opportunities, but that can also be overwhelming. Um, it's, it's exciting, but, but it can be overwhelming to figure out where should I focus my time? Where, where should I dive in versus say, you know what, I'm going to, um, I'm going to leave that leadership opportunity to someone else. So there's the individual component and then there's the, the group component. So part of my role is also thinking about the student experience overall, you know, what are we offering as a program, um, to really make the most of our students' time with us. And, you know, of course, some of that is a big piece of it is their academic experience, but then, you know, what are we doing outside the classroom for them? Um, a lot of students are here to build a strong network. I mean, that's a huge part of getting an MBA. And so, you know, think I part of my role is thinking about, you know, we're launching a speaker series. Um, you know, we, we have different clubs and activities. Um, and so, you know, how are we supporting our students outside of the classroom to achieve their goals, whether it be networking, developing themselves as leaders. Um, and so taking a step back and, and building on, you know, the amazing work the program team has already completed to think about that holistic student experience. No, that's, that's all great. And hopefully what our podcast listeners are hearing is that, you know, this is, not just going to class. There's mm -hmm. a lot that happens here as part of the overall program experience. You know, obviously Darden is a is a school very much known for the educational experience, mm -hmm. which I think of as both inclusive of and also more uh, more than just the classroom. Yeah. And uh, right. so, you know, we now have six or so student organizations mm -hmm. in the executive MBA uh, uh, program. It's worth noting that we're recording this on a Friday. Later this evening, yes. we'll be club night, which, uh, <laughs> when I hear that, I don't necessarily think, yeah, about, club. <laughs> don't think about student clubs, but I think it's kind of funny, right. um, which is great. We're going to have all the leaders, uh, second year students coming and talk mm -hmm. to the first year students. Um, I want to sort of get your take on something. So this is, uh, from an admission standpoint, an interesting time of year. So we've got our mm -hmm. second year students and our first year students, mm -hmm. uh, we're putting visitors in, in both classes. And so, uh, we get to see the two classes in close proximity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I was struck uh, during the first weekend residency. You could feel the nerves a little bit mm -hmm. for our first year mm -hmm. students. Uh, they were um, quiet, mm -hmm. you know, probably a little bit anxious about that first class. They're still learning, as, as you noted, uh, what it means to be in class. And then you're around, your, around the second year students who are quarter seven, you know, second yep. weekend residency. <laughs> you know, they are getting ready to start electives pretty soon. Uh, and talking, you know, just kind of, you yeah. know, much looser. Or seniors, yeah. <laughs> much looser, exactly. Uh, they are the seniors. Um, you know, obviously, you've, you've been around the first years at this point. What do you mm -hmm. see as the big adjustment uh, challenge for people? You know, obviously, they've been working for a while, but coming back to school. What are some of the things that, that you've noticed? Yeah, I think it's a good question. And there's there's a lot to adjust to. Um, I think a few of the things that that come to mind, especially as I think about, you know, your observation around nerves, I think that's right. I mean, there's obviously the adjustment back to being in a classroom environment, right? Most folks haven't um, been in a classroom. And um, I think a lot of folks, as I mentioned earlier, may not have experienced the case method where um, you are really teaching one another and, um, you know, you're, you're expected to contribute. And I, th I think it's a fantastic way to learn. Um, but it's, it's new for some folks to really, you know, need to push themselves to speak up. Um, but I think that that ties into my next observation that I think there's an adjustment for our students realizing 
they are all there for a reason. They bring a ton of value, um, each uniquely with, you know, with their own perspective and they, you know, they deserve to be here. They should be here. They're, they're future leaders. And I think, you know, we all, um, we all talk about the imposter syndrome, right? And I think there's that element of, oh my gosh, am I, you know, am I going to really be able to, to contribute to my class? Um, should I be here? And, you know, you, as, as the admissions team, we, we know that you guys don't make mistakes. Um, and so I think it's an adjustment for students to, to gain that confidence, right? That, that they're, they're here for a reason. We're so excited to have them and that they have value that they're going to add to their class. And I think that's something that they learn quickly because they start to hear from one another and they start to, um, find that voice. And it's a really supportive environment generally, I would say. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I'm hoping by Q2, some of, some of that imposter syndrome has faded away and, and people are used to the case method and they're, they're settling in. Um, so I think those are two big adjustments. I think there's also just purely the, um, the balance, the scheduling adjustment for folks, right, of figuring out when do you meet with your teams, um, you know, when do you when do you decide, okay, I've got to compartmentalize. I'm just going to spend time with my family right now. And I think that takes time to get into a rhythm. Um, but it's, it's something that, that our students absolutely figure out along the way, right. Of, okay, I've just got to, you know, prioritize this and you're never going to do everything perfectly. Right. Like, you know, I think people have to, we all have to come to terms with that. If anything that we're doing that, um, you do the best you can at a given time. Um, and you have your support network and you lean on that support network as you go. Um, but I think um, it's an adjustment for sure. They're taking on a lot. And so figuring out how to navigate that is is tricky. But again, I think they I, I, I think I hope our students will, will feel more confident and, and lean on each other over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So I've asked students repeatedly on, on the podcast, you know, when did it all start to click for yeah. you? You know, and uh the answer is typically five to six months, you know, quarter mm. three, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, means that the first couple quarters are, you're just kind of finding your way. Yeah. Um, and try to encourage students to stay patient during that period. Mm-hmm. You have a highly successful group of people who, and their day jobs, there's very little that they do that they don't know how to do and really right. execute on. and No real speed bumps for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're functioning at a high level when they come here. And then all of a sudden you're put in. Decision analysis, global economics, being asked big questions about where things are going Mm -hmm. in the professional advancement course and trying to juggle life and work and school. Uh, Those are all hard things. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you encourage people to stay patient and just kind of hang in there? Because, like, it's about resilience as much as anything. It is. No, and I I was actually just having that exact conversation with a student who um, is – is eager to, to jump in and, and take on everything. And I, I, it's also on my mind because this morning during homeroom, I'll be sharing some of our uh, student leadership opportunities. So, um, you know, we have many different opportunities for our students to um, take on leadership roles, whether it's being a class representative, um, a social chair, um, you know, a club president. And I'm really excited to share those opportunities with the class. But I also know that it will, um, you know, it, folks will feel like, oh, I want to do all of these things. And, and how do I how do I tackle everything? So, you know, I think my my advice to students and this is this is so hard to do, but um, to try to carve out 
time here and there to take a step back and really think about, you know, why are you here? What are your priorities while you're here? Um, and I think that helps ground you in, you know, okay, I'm here because I'm trying to achieve the, you know, these specific goals. This one piece may not help me meet that goal. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to leave that to someone else or gosh, this, this, um, this opportunity is really important to me. And so I'm going to dive in here. Um, and, and also, you know, so take those opportunities to, to think about why you're here and prioritize, um, but to remind yourself too, that, you know, we talk about 21 months goes really fast, but it's also 21 months you have time. Um, you know, and, and what I, what I think we tend to underestimate, um, is the power of kind of taking time actually to network and to just get to know your classmates along the way, because, so much, as I said, of my, you know, my experience in the value um, post-MBA has been in that network. And so, you know, I like to encourage students, look, I know you want to take it all on. I know you want to get straight A's and do everything. But um, part of the value of being patient is you free up a little bit of time to yourself also to spend spend that time with your, your classmates and really um, get to know them, bond with them. Because I think a lot of um, a lot more value and opportunity can come from, from that, um, even more so than, than we can appreciate. It's a great point. Um, as you might imagine, we talked to a fair number of prospective students and, and being in the DC area, um, for many of our prospective students, the appeal of the location is that it's so convenient. Yeah. The thing that we sometimes say is, you know, what is key in this program is presence. You know, so you'll hear from our current students that, you know, when they're at home, they're really at home and they're with their family, yeah. you know, they are focused on being with their family. And when they're at school, they're focused on, you know, being present with their classmates and, and really soaking up all of these experiences. It's very hard to be in two places and do both effectively. Um, but what we say from an admission side, I'm curious your thoughts on this, is even if you're here in D.C., mm-hmm. it's worth thinking about using the hotel room. Yeah. Lodging is included in the cost of the program. Uh, because we have plenty of examples of students who've tried to come to class and go home and come yeah. to class and go home. And yes, technically it's possible. Uh, but are you having the full program experience, yeah. you know, or at least as we conceive of it, sort of immersive weekend residency, getting to know your classmates. Um, and I think that always catches people by surprise mm-hmm. on the phone. They're like, really? And it's like, well, you know, how else are you going to create the yeah. time and the space? To really build these relationships, yeah. yeah. What's your thought? What's your thought on that? I mean, I would totally agree. You know, of course, you know, every student needs to do what's right for them and their personal life. And you know, we have folks with young babies, we have folks with all kinds of different life situations. So, you know, first and foremost, do what you need to do at home. And though, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that um, there's so you know, so much happens in those, those spaces, like you said, where you're just kind of lingering, you're checking into the hotel and you start chatting with someone, um, or, you know, you're just sitting around and and everybody else is filtered out and you stumble upon someone who has the exact same kind of entrepreneurial interests that you do. Um, or you just, you just have a laugh. And so I do think that it's a lot, it can be a lot easier for students to really fully immerse themselves in one thing or another, you know, it, it, because I, I remember when I was in consulting, it, it was easier sometimes being on the road because it was just like, okay, I'm, I'm in it. This is what I'm focusing on right now. 
versus feeling like you're being pulled in a lot of different directions and not giving anybody their full attention. So I think for our students being here in the residency weekends to the extent they can be, um, and then going home and then saying, okay, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave the classroom behind now and, and be present at home or at work. I think, um, can be, can be really beneficial for students. It's, it's interesting. Our, our, during our first quarter, there were actually a couple of students who went home and got suitcases and came back on Friday night and spent the weekend because they realized so many of their local classmates were staying at the hotel. And I think that, um, you know, that, that bonding is, um, is hard to compete with. And I know, similarly, we hear from our, our Gemba students, those who do our global executive MBA, that, um, you know, there's, there's nothing like bonding with people when you're, you're traveling and you spend a full week together. So I, I would, I would certainly echo that, of course, within the, the constraints of, you know, whatever folks have going on at home. That's great advice. And I think it feels artificial to people, you know, like mm-hmm. I, but I live like 10, <laughs> 10 minutes away yeah, or, right. <laughs> or whatever, but, um, you know, treat it like a business trip. And, you know, exactly. when you're setting those expectations early, I think it's a lot easier, you know, when you're talking to people about the program and you're talking with your family and your coworkers as to what the program will mean for your presence in their life and your time and all that. Start at that point, you know, mm-hmm. to say, like, look, this is really important to me. You know, we're doing this as a family, but for you know, me to get the maximum benefit of the program, this is what I think I need to do. And same applies to the distance learning. I, I think sometimes prospective students, you know, may think, oh, well, is that kind of like optional? And it's like, yeah. No, it's not. Um, yes, occasionally people have you know work conflicts, but when you're setting expectations, help everybody yeah. understand that that is a required. It's a third of the program required. You're going to be online a couple of nights a week, and start there because the clearer you can mm-hmm. be about those expectations, I think the easier it gets. Obviously, you're going to want to stay in communication throughout the program, check mm-hmm. in. Um, how do you encourage students? I mean, there's no doubt that you know family, you know, personal life. Um, as you're navigating the program, uh, you know, your time increasingly shifts towards school. Other yeah. people at home have to sort of pick up more and, mm-hmm. and help out. That can put some stress mm-hmm. on the relationship. How do you encourage people to sort of nav- navigate that, have those conversations? I realize that's a tricky question. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. Um, I'm curious, you know, what advice you might give a student who comes and sort of asks about that. Yeah, I, I think, um, I do think you're right that it's, it's tricky and it's going to be unique for every student, what works for them. Um, I mean, I think one of the the biggest pieces of advice I have for students is just having a very kind of open um, line of communication with your support system and with, with us and the program team, with your faculty. I found that the more students um, communicate and whether that's asking for help or um, just being really honest about where they're at, you know, most of us, you know, our, our, our guard comes down or we, you know, we want to be helpful. And so I think, you know, one of my first questions to students who are struggling with stress or with balancing things is, you know, um, you know, what is your support network? How much have you talked to them about what you're going through? Um, you know, have you, have you talked to your professors? Have you talked to your, your spouse, your, um, your partner, your friends about what you're going through and, and what you need, because you'll always, I think, be pleasantly surprised by um, that there's there's always more support that people want to give you. And sometimes you feel like you've taken as much as you can or or like you're, you know, you're, you're just really overwhelmed by it. Um, but I think having that open conversation can really make a big difference. I think 
the other piece of, of advice. So I think it's thinking about, you know, open communication, asking for help when you need it from any, you know, any angle, come talk to, to the program team, come talk to me, talk to your faculty, um, to try to figure out that balance. Um, so that's a big piece of it. And then I think, um, you know, and this is another really hard one, but, um, try not to be so hard on yourself. Like I said earlier, you know, we're all, we all struggle with, with being perfect all the time. And a lot of the folks who are here at Darden, um, are really ambitious and, um, motivated and, and hold themselves to a very high standard. Um, and we, you know, we at Darden hold them to a high standard as well, of course. Um, but there are going to be times when certain things have to flex up and down, right? Where, um, you may need to say, gosh, I, I, I really need to prioritize this other, um, this other work event or this, this family, um, event right now. And, and that's okay. We understand that, you know, of course there may be, there may be implications if you miss class and things like that, that, you know, like I said, we're going to hold, hold everyone to our, our high academic, um, and professional standards here, but it's okay if, if you need to think about trade-offs, um, and, and find that balance in your life. So, um, one of the great pieces of advice I think I've heard fairly repeatedly from alumni and current students is think about just carving out time every week, put it on your calendar like it's a meeting, uh, for either your partner, uh, mm -hmm. spouse or a date night. Uh, mm -hmm. For your family, that's just treated as like non-negotiable. It's like yeah. you know having a meeting or anything else. Just put it on there a few mm -hmm. hours. It feels weird to say like for these four hours I will be spending time with my family. And yes, this is on my calendar. But there's so much value in that, right? It yeah. signals to you that it's a priority mm -hmm. to the other people in your life that they're a priority. Um, because in, in a world in which you're juggling many things that are all mm -hmm. competing to be that number one priority, right? Um, you kind of have to be a little bit more scheduled in that way. I think that's right. And yeah, it goes back to yeah my point earlier about um, an adjustment period that, you know, I completely agree. I think the students who have the most success are those who are pretty rigorous and disciplined about how they approach the, the class. So, you know, okay, from seven to nine every night. I study and that's, that's my, my window, but you know, from five to seven, I'm with my family, no question. And, or, you know, all day Saturday, I do my schoolwork, but then five o'clock Saturday, I'm with family, um, or I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm going to the gym. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of myself or my support network. So I, I totally agree. I think coming in with a plan or figuring it out as you go, of course, but, um, being disciplined about, um, keeping, keeping things separate, is, is a key to, um, to succeeding. Well, one of the uh, challenging things I would say about student affairs is it can sometimes be difficult to gauge uh, how you're being successful, right? <laughs> it, it can be a little bit ambiguous at times. You know, you're sort of you know, counseling students. You're helping people yeah. individually. Obviously, you're trying to do some macro things, too. Um, for you, if you're sort of working with this class, what does success look like? You know, have you thought much about that? Um, how you would say, like, I feel like I'm doing a really good job yeah. here. Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think overall, you know, at a very high level, of course, success for me is partly tied to Darden's success. You know, how, how is Darden viewed in the market? Um, you know, how are, how are we doing from an emissions standpoint? Um, you know, amongst our, our competitors, um, you know, and I, I feel honored to 
try to play a small role in in strengthening and withholding up that that amazing brand that Darden has. So at a very high level, but tactically, you know, for me, what success looks like is, you know, I think um, on an individual level, again, making sure I feel like our students are, um, you know, are thriving in the program and, you know, making sure that I am hopefully getting out ahead of anyone who's really struggling, um, that I'm seeing that either through, you know, just being around, being available, um, or, you know, and just, um, through conversations, making sure that if I see someone who's, who's having a hard time, um, or just, you know, has a lot on their plate that I'm there to help them kind of, um, get back on track. And so at that individual level, um, you know, I think it's just, um, being supportive as much as I can. And then I think at the, the group level, I mean, I've, I'll feel successful if I feel like we identified some new, some, some new ideas, um, or some improvements to the program that come directly from the students, um, to enhance their experience. So much of what I love about Darden is that it's very student led and student governed, and so it's not us at the program team saying, you know what, you guys don't have this club, we're going to make it and we're going to hand it to you and you're going to take it from us. Um, it's really about the students coming to us with needs that they have that, that we're not meeting or just new ideas they're excited about. I've already had a couple students from the class of 21 with new um, interest group ideas that, that they want to launch and, you know, I, I'm in my role. I'm just here to hopefully be supportive and of course, make sure that, that what we're launching, you know, is of interest to, um, to a meaningful portion of our students and fits within our kind of, um, you know, our norms and, um, and our program mission. Um, but, you know, being that, that support role to help the students really create their own opportunities. And so, it is nebulous. I agree. But I think if I, if I look back, you know, and across the class of 21, we helped them, you know, really build some new experiences for themselves, um, some new networking opportunities, um, to, to take the program to, to the next level. I mean, it's already, I, I think a fantastic program. Um, but, um, you know, what else can we be doing that's student led to, um, to make it even stronger? No, that's that's all fantastic, and I think from an admissions standpoint, I've long felt that admissions is really not possible without a great current student experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so people oftentimes ask, you know, uh, you know, what are we doing to to recruit and all this kind of stuff? And I really do think the genesis of that is what happens in class, but also the extracurricular experience. If students are not getting what they want out of the program, mm-hmm. if they do not feel supported while they're here. Um, if they don't have great things to say mm-hmm. uh, about their their experience, then uh, admissions gets a lot harder <laughs> at, at that point. And certainly, you know, I think that's one of the people always ask us, like, why do you like working at Darden? Is mm-hmm. that I, I personally feel like there's a great deal of alignment between mm-hmm. what we say, what we're about, and what the actual experience is. Okay. And uh, certainly, credit to you for all the work that you're doing. Um, I realize, you know, from from a student affairs standpoint, there's so much opportunity that's created by just having both sections here in Roslyn and, and seeing yeah, and feeling that energy. We are moments away, uh, a couple of hours or so <laughs> from the first class of this weekend. Yeah. Residents who've already had some students filter in. We mm-hmm. start at the very civilized time of, of noon yeah. on Friday. It's a 
been kind of nice, to be honest with you. Um, so have you enjoyed having all the students here in one place? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic um, opportunity. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the change. I think it was it it was one of those, you know, we we heard where the need was and adjusted accordingly. And I think that, um, you know, this being in the D.C. metro area, there's so much opportunity, um, both, you know, from a professional development standpoint, networking um, and, you know, personal life, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Charlottesville is, is an amazing place. But I think um, there's there's so much in D.C. that we can take advantage of. And I love having all of our students in one place. I really think that that will um, strengthen that that cohort community that they have with one another. Um, and, and just like you said, gives us really exciting opportunities to bring interesting programming to them or have them bring interesting programming to us in, in many cases and bring in, you know, business leaders to speak to them and things like that. So I think having that one cohort, um, approach in Roslyn will, um, will really, I think, breathe new opportunity into the program. And what an exciting weekend is planned. Uh, so we have, as we previously discussed, yeah. Love Night uh, tonight. Me and too. then uh, Saturday is a plus one event, um, which, you know, we have previously done, and going back a few years now, mm-hmm. uh, we've done a partner, a sort of partner plus one type yeah. uh, weekend uh, down in Charlottesville, kind of uh, sat, you know, sat off to the side for a little while. Um, it was a little bit difficult to figure out how to execute all mm-hmm. of that um, recently. Um, but I'm so excited to see this, uh, come back. Uh, you know, obviously I think our students feel, as I mentioned previously, like, yes, they are the one in class, uh, yeah. but everyone in their family is getting the MBA because yes. uh, yeah. it's all shared, it's all shared success and shared sacrifice. And, um, it's great to see that programming ramping up. Yeah, we're really excited about this weekend. You know, the the first on-grounds weekend, we sort of let students catch their breath and get to know one another. And then this weekend is when we throw a lot at them, um, and a, but I think in a good way. So, yeah, we've got club night tonight um, where we've got all of our clubs coming in, as you mentioned. We're actually having alumni, so recent club leaders um, will be here as well. So that'll be a great networking opportunity. And then, as you said, we have our, our plus one dinner and um, you know, when I think about, I've, I've talked about that student experience and uh, making sure that um, we're kind of meeting the needs of our students, I, I wholeheartedly agree that that goes beyond our students to that support network that I've mentioned because I, yeah, they are they are going through this and I think in some ways they what they're going through might even be harder. <laughs> it's different, but um, they're they're handling a lot. And so, um, you know, we want to make sure we're really inclusive and supportive of them. So we have the event uh, tomorrow evening. And then I think throughout the experience for the class of 2021s, we'll certainly be looking for other opportunities to engage um, families, partners, friends, whatever we can do. Um, and if there's, you know, grassroots interest for them to um, kind of um, build their own community as well, we want to make sure we're supportive of that. Um, so we've got that. And then we also, one other plug what we're doing this weekend, um, on our second day, we have a second year panel. So we have a couple of our second years coming in to talk to our first years and just have an open forum with them to ask any questions. The second years are, are honestly one of the, the best resources for our new students. And so, you know, we want to make sure that they can chat with them, meet with them, um, get their questions answered, you know, their first exam periods right around the corner. And, um, so there's a lot of nerves and energy around that. So hopefully they, our second years can, um, 
you know, kind of put their, their nerves at ease and um, give them some, some tips and, and a little bit of information. So we're, we're excited about that. Yeah, and, and now Sunday lunch uh, is also a career uh, topic, right. uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. I, I've been around some of the second-year presentations, which have been great. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, you know, obviously Jim Collins, Sarita Soltz, both friends of the podcast, they've been on mm-hmm. here a few times. Um, i got to get them back to talk a little bit more about this Sunday <laughs> programming. But uh, one of the things that's been kind of cool is to see even the students talk about things that they're working on. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been around for the second-year uh, presentation. So uh, Brian Larson uh, mm-hmm. talked about his entrepreneurial venture, which has had a really exciting couple of years. I mean, uh, it sounds like uh, things are going really well for him. Uh, Karen Henneberger, who mm-hmm. has a really fascinating background. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite admission stories in the past few years uh, was admitted to the full-time residential program mm-hmm. uh, way back in, uh, you know, so a number of years ago and then came back around as a, uh-huh. as a Darden uh, executive MBA applicant. <laughs> uh, she still had uh, her letter of admission from no when kidding. she applied. And... Uh, <laughs> I love that she also has a really cool job. She basically designs aircraft carriers and mm. was talking about her, her career. Um, you know, they're fascinating people in this program. So it's great to see uh, both sort of a content approach, uh, but also just some of that story sharing, which, you know, I think I think that's really empowering for people too. Yeah, I think that's right. And one of the opportunities um, where, I, where I think that starts with the class is in Connie Dunlap's um, professional advancement course which is, is such a fantastic opportunity. Um, I think it's really unique that Darden has a course specifically dedicated to professional advancement. Um, and the students kind of share their story and what they're, um, what they're looking for in terms of professional advancement, what they can offer their classmates. And I think it sparks a lot of great conversation and, and interest in hearing each other's stories. And um, as I said, that's that, you know, that's that learning of, gosh, my, my classmates are all incredible and are, you know, a lot of the value that I'll get out of this experience is, is meeting them, learning from them. And so I love that um, our students, you know, want to hear from each other. And it's a great opportunity, too, to, to practice telling your story, whether it's professional or personal. You know, we're, we're thinking about launching something similar with the class of 21 where it's just an opportunity to, you know, to hone your, your presentation skills, um, but also just to do some self-exploration and think about what is my story and what does make me unique. Um, and it's a, it's a confidence booster and it's great practice for when you're out there interviewing and, um, you know, networking with folks. So I think it's, it's exciting when students kind of find those opportunities. And I love that, you know, our, our career center, through the CDC and Connie's class are, are facilitating that with our students. Uh, no lie. Uh, I run into a bunch of uh, second years alumni as we do our recruitment uh, sort of things around, around the country to a person. Uh, one, Connie uh, Dunlop, I would say most beloved uh, executive <laughs> MBA uh, faculty member. Two, when you know, students always ask, hey, what's going on? Any updates or anything like that? Or alumni always ask that too and, and say, well, you know, we've moved back uh, to quarter one, the professional mm-hmm. advancement course to quarter one. And they're like, oh, man, that's such a great idea. You know, uh, you know it used to be in quarter five, a little bit of history mm-hmm. uh, lesson here. It used to be in quarter five, which was the midpoint of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, students loved that class because it's introspective and you learn so much about yourself and you learn, you know, about your classmates and it's all sort of everybody talking about what they want to do, why they came here, sort of planning, you know, next steps, a lot of great stuff. Um, so much value in sort of setting that mm-hmm. course and having those conversations early right. in the program. I mean, this is about 
your career. You right. know, that's why you're here. And so uh, I will say a lot of envy. Uh, you know, people <laughs> yeah, get to have yeah. that class with Connie early uh, these days. So, yeah, um, yeah. And well, and I think it's also, um, I mean, it makes sense. It's on everyone's mind, right? When they come here, so many people, I think we've probably talked about in past podcasts now, the executive MBA um, is attracting more and more people who are switching careers, not just climbing um, within their current career. And so to get out ahead of that, and really help people along the journey makes makes a ton of sense. I will say that my um, I'm I'm anticipating that that patience conversation might might come into play more and more though because I think it's it's opening everyone's eyes up to all of these amazing possibilities, which is fantastic and what we should be doing. Um, and I think it'll also um, challenge our students to to be patient with their their career transitions and things like that um but but i think it's it's absolutely the the right thing and and people are really excited about it yeah well it certainly keeps things interesting for you Um, (laughs) that's the great thing about student student work is yes there's a lot of commonality but every every student's situation is is unique well laura thank you so much for taking time on obviously a, a busy residency weekend I'm so looking forward to uh, to this weekend. Um, it's great having our newest students here again for their second weekend residency. Yeah. I even got to make a playlist for the Plus One event, which I'm I'm very excited oh, about. Um, it's I... been Allison Price approved, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pumped about it. Must so, be ultimate uh, approval. I yeah. should have had you make our club night playlist because that <laughs> that one <laughs> might be more interesting. So well, thank very you so thank, oh, you thank you so much for your time. It's great great hearing your insights. Obviously, we're thrilled you're here at Darwin, and, and thanks. Thanks for all the work you do supporting our students. Oh, thank you, Brad. I I really appreciate the opportunity to share some thoughts. And um, you make my job a lot more easier and fun because we have such fantastic students here that I I absolutely love working with them. And um, so thank you for all that you do in admissions. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Laura Bordoni, a member of our executive MBA program team who works closely with the students in our class of 2021. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening.